Good morning. Good morning. I can hear you. What's that for? From Sharp. There's a note under there. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Clayton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I am excited and happy to see you all here on this crisp December morning. Um, we have a couple announcements for you. Um, we're going to start off with Phyllis and then Luann, and then Nancy's got the bulk of what is left. Um, so I'm going to turn that over to them right now. So listen close for all the good news. Good morning, everyone. I want to say God bless the whole congregation uh, for their giving for the furnace and the washer. Last Sunday alone, we collected over $1,000. So give yourself a pat on the back or honk your horn because it's been blessed. And I think through the other reach outs that I did, we'll have enough money to buy the furnace and the washer. So God bless and thank you. Hi, um, just a reminder that on December 16th and 17th, we're doing our um, Christmas wrapping. So if anybody's interested, please see Sheila or I or call the office and leave a message um, and contact him for a phone number for us to reach you or whatever. We are working very hard to make sure it's safe for everybody, including um, making arrangements to just put it in your car or get it from your car or whatever. But um, December 16th and 17th, it's a Wednesday and Thursday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And right now, um, I could use a few more boxes for gift wrapping to put stuff in. So if anybody's got any extra boxes, please drop them at the church. Thank you. Good morning. This is Nancy. Um, we we want to remind you that due to the state of Michigan's new restrictions as of November 18th, Pastor Michael, at the recommendation of David, Bishop David Bard, is considering our church building closed until further notice. What this means is that we will continue with drive-in service on Sundays for now, but we are asking for as few people as possible to enter the building during this time. Office hours will be suspended as well with the exception of a few people to enter to handle finances and to retrieve and respond to email and telephone messages. And please read the message there from Bishop Bard. When you pull into the driveway, please first pull through and under the canopy to collect your bulletin. Drop off your offering any bottle caps or bottle returns you may have for the church. You will then proceed to park on the west side of the parking lot towards the railroad tracks to view the pastor whose smiling face you will see through one of the second story windows. And the Bible study update is, <clears throat> excuse me, the Advent Bible studies are now being held via Zoom. One will be held on Mondays at 8 p.m. and the other will be on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. An email was sent out Friday with information on how to connect to the meetings as well as the accompanying study guide. And Sheila is still looking for people to take her sister's caramel for baking. So if you have any, you can call her or see her here. 
If you know of a family in need this Christmas, please let the church office know. Diane Gieske is thinking we'll, we will do gift cards this year. We don't have an actual angel tree this year, but we are still collecting. Please bring hat, in hats, mittens, gloves, and scarves for the needy. We have leftover containers in the kitchen from the cookie walk. If you are missing dishes, we probably have them here up in front. Bush's Cash for Education Reward Program. If you haven't logged on or don't know how, you can talk to Lisa. There's instructions how to do it if you want to try it yourself. But she also says it's very helpful for us as we collected $2,000 so far in 2020 from Bush's alone. And that is almost one month's mortgage payment. That's really a wonderful thing. And if you have given Lisa permission to manage your, your rewards, she will get you all signed up for 2021. And uh, we have on your bulletin is the, the change from the old Frontier emails. And put in, take the old one out, put the new ones in. It is that time of year again that we need to be prepared in case Sunday's worship service needs to be canceled. Cancellation will be on WLEN 103.9 FM and W4 Country 102.9 FM. Now, I think you'll... Will you please join me in the call to worship? A voice cries in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make God's way clear. Lift up every valley, lower every mountain. For the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And the first hymn this morning is O Come All, Come Emmanuel, found on page 211 in your <clears throat> hymnal. Come 
prayer. Loving God, you sent your prophet John to prepare your way among us, to call us to repentance and make our pathways straight. Strengthen us to live lives of steadfast love and faithfulness as we await the Messiah's return, that all may see your reign of peace through your just and gracious rule. Amen. The next hymn is Angels from Realms of Glory, found on page 220 in your, in your hymnal.
right, for our Advent reflection this morning, we will begin with a reading from Psalm 85, verses 1 and 2, and then continuing at verses 8 through 13. This psalm is headed with prayer for the restoration of God's favor. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. Salah. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make a path for his steps. Talitha Arnold shares that both Bethlehem's manger and Calvary's cross are signs of salvation for us. But so is the life lived in between in all the ways Jesus made flesh those words of love, faithfulness, righteousness, and peace. Moreover, for Christians, salvation is not just believing in Jesus Christ, but embodying what he embodied in this world. When steadfast love and faithfulness meet in our lives, when righteousness and peace embrace in our business practices, our family relations, or our nation's policies, God's salvation is near at hand. When we work for justice, we make way for God in our world. Charles L. Aaron Jr. also offers that salvation never happens in a vacuum. It is always salvation from something. I'd like you to please take a few moments now and consider the question, from what do you need to be saved? If you would join me in an attitude of prayer. As I live between the manger and the cross, may the word made flesh dwell in my spirit. Amen. If you would please join me now in our prayer of illumination. Mighty God, send your Holy Spirit to speak peace, that the good news of this age may be proclaimed through your word, which stands forever. Amen. first scripture reading this morning is Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. 
a voice of one calling in the desert prepare the way for the Lord make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God every valley shall be raised up every mountain and hill made low the rough ground shall become level the rugged places a plain and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken a voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass, I'm sorry, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to, to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart he gently leads those that have young the word of God for the people of God and you say be to God the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase May your righteousness go before God and prepare a pathway for the Lord. Let us offer our lives and labor to God and fulfill our vows to the Most High. If you have not uh, yet uh, given your offering and would like to, um, please uh, head towards the front doors of the church. Um, but for right now, uh, let's enjoy um, Kim bringing us uh, some music with Lois.
we give you thanks that in the coming of Christ your steadfast love and faithfulness have met and your righteousness and peace have kissed. May the gifts we offer this day lift up those in need and prepare the way of your salvation. Amen. If you would please <clears throat> join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you this cold winter morning thankful for the opportunity to still come together and worship, even if it's not the way that we are used to or would prefer. We are thankful of, for the connection of being your children that still keeps us all together. We are also thankful for all of the efforts, the gifts and graces of those who work so hard to help keep us healthy in our lives, from doctors and nurses to lab technicians and research scientists to everyone involved in the healthcare and healing process, we give you thanks and we ask that you would continue to guide their hands and efforts. God, there are so many who are suffering right now, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally, those who are fighting COVID those who are battling cancer and other illnesses or diseases. And God, we just pray that those who work to help heal us can continue to do the amazing work that they do, that we can learn more and help more people in their need. We also give you thanks for all of those who keep us safe in our world, for our servicemen and women who serve in our military and armed forces, for our police and firefighters, our first responders, our EMTs, and, and so many others. God, we ask that you would, we ask that you would just be with them, Lord. Be with them in their hearts and in their minds and their words and actions and in everything that they do, we pray that they may stay safe and strong. And God, for those who are far away from home, we pray that they may be able to return home soon. And we could begin to see an end to conflict in our world. We also lift up all of those who 
we have listed in our bulletin, including Marion Saylor, who has had hand surgery, Jay Gilwa, who is dealing with kidney stones. We are so thankful for Nancy Martin, who is very thankful for our prayers and everything that she is experiencing through us. It is, she's doing much better than she expected, and she is so happy that our church is so alive. We are lifting up Tracy Young, whose cancer has returned after 10 years and will soon be having surgery. We also give thanks that Braden has uh, healed from the majority of his issues with COVID. He is back to work. We ask, though, the God that you still watch over him as there are many lingering health concerns for those who have recovered from COVID. And especially since he has asthma, he could be susceptible to additional challenges. We lift up uh, Terry Ross, who had another stroke. Um, he is home, though, now, and Phyllis is just asking for continued prayers for him and for her. Um, we have prayers for Norma Zimmerman. Her sister passed away this last week in Arkansas. We have prayers for Jessica, Diana Quig's uh, granddaughter, who believes that she may have COVID. We have prayers for Claudette Swift, who is in, in a rehab facility recovering from COVID, um, and for Karma Rush, whose mother passed away from COVID. We also have prayers for um, Connie Ferguson, uh, for her daughter Cindy, who has been hospitalized since November 17th with the, a severe lung infection. Uh, Robert Cole Sr., the grandfather of Ken and Andrea Boley, is 100 years old and has tested positive for COVID. Uh, the family of DJ Martin, uh, who was the owner of Martin's Home Center in Tecumseh, has passed away on November 30th. And then uh, Louise um, originally had been asking for prayers for her cousin, Terry, um, but her cousin passed away on Saturday. Um, so now we are asking prayers for her parents um, and their entire family. God, we, we lift all of these people in our prayers. They, they live in our hearts and in our minds. We pray that they could be healed for those who need healing. We give thanks for those who are on the mend. And we pray for those who are suffering, that they, their suffering may be ended in the way that you would have it end, that they may be healthy and return to life, or if it is your time to call them home, that it may happen soon so that they do not have to suffer long on this earth. God, we also lift up our nation and every nation in this world. We know that peace cannot happen without you, and we pray to you, the God of peace and love and mercy, we ask that you would touch the hearts and minds of all people in creation. Help us to see one another as beloved children of God, worthy of life and love and mercy and grace the way that you see us. 
help us to continue to support one another, not just during these challenging times of a global pandemic, but throughout all our lives. Help us to embody the person that Jesus Christ was in this world, bringing love and grace to one another. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly on our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now is our, our time for our youth moment. Um, and again, we will ask our youth to remain in their cars. Um, but as a reminder, we are all children of God. So even if you are not what we would typically label as a youth, um, you are invited to listen. You do not have to just tune me out, but you can do that as well. Um, whatever works for you. Um, but I was thinking a lot this past week about, um, about what happens when we lose someone we love. Um, and I was very lucky as a kid. I didn't, I didn't lose a lot of people that I loved when I was young. Um, it wasn't until I was in high school that I lost uh, one of my grandparents. Um, But no matter how old we are, losing people that we love is really hard. And sometimes it's not just losing them to their passing away and, and going on to heaven. Sometimes we lose people from our lives for other reasons. Um, maybe there was a disagreement between somebody or they move away to another place uh, for work or something else. So you don't get to see them as much or maybe you don't see them at all. Um, and it can be hard, um, especially when it's someone that we really, really love. Um, we become used to having them around or being able to, to see them, to touch them, to hold them. But there is one, one person who will never, ever leave us, and that's, that's Jesus. We might not see Jesus in the same way we might see a grandparent or a parent or a, a sibling or, a, you know, someone like that. But Jesus is always there with us. And there is nowhere in this world that you can ever go that God has not already been and is still not there. God is everywhere. And God's love and grace is everywhere. It's sometimes harder to see it and find it in some places, but I promise you it's always there. You cannot escape from God's love and grace, no matter how hard we try. Um, and a lot of times we do try, even though it doesn't make any sense that we try to do that. Um, but we're people, and we're stubborn, and we do silly things. Um, so I know this time of year especially we're used to getting to see a lot of those people that we love um, even the ones who are still around but because of the pandemic we can't but just remember that no matter what even when people aren't around anymore and have gone on to heaven to be with jesus they are still with you just like jesus is walking beside you and i hope that 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 helps a little bit because I do understand how much it hurts when, when someone we love isn't around anymore and how badly we can miss them.
Normally, I would have you help me with the Lord's Prayer right now, but we're going to do that a little bit later during uh, our communion time. So I'm going to instead move us on to our call to confession. God does not want anyone to perish, but rather for all to come to repentance. Therefore, let us confess our sins, for God's salvation is at hand. If you would please join aloud with me in our prayer of confession. Faithful God, we confess that we have not led lives of holiness. We suffer from impatience, apathy, and greed. We have not been at peace. We repent of these offenses and turn to you in love. Forgive our iniquity and pardon our sins that we may walk in righteousness to the glory of your name. Amen. Please take a few moments for silent prayer and confession. Brothers and sisters, by the mercy of Christ, your sins are forgiven, for salvation is at hand for all who turn to God. Amen. We believe in God the Father, Father creator, creator of, of heaven, heaven and, and earth, earth, the one who is full of patience who is not afraid of silence, who does not need to fill each moment with activity and noise, the one who is beyond bluster and flurry, and who does not jostle for attention. We believe in God the Son, Savior of creation, who slipped into Bethlehem one night, mostly unnoticed, who lived 30 years without headlines or hurry, who frequently took time alone with his patient father, who waited for the right time to become the suffering servant, who stood quietly before the noise of his accusers, whose silence overpowered their words, who died, then rose again on a quiet Sunday morning, we believe in God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens, empowers, renews, and refreshes, sometimes arriving with obvious power, sometimes with the quiet breath of a whisper. We believe in one God who patiently waits for us and who longs for us to do the same. Amen. Our second re scripture reading is 2 Peter 3, verse 8, 8 through 15. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed is coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Soon then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, The next hymn is Away in a Manger, found on page 217 in your hymnals. scripture reading for this morning comes from the gospel of mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 8 this section is titled the proclamation of john the baptist the beginning of the good news of jesus christ the son of god as it is written with the prophet isaiah see i am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way 
the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. And you say, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of all time and space, you have always been and always will be. And while this year has been an especially challenging one, both for humanity and creation, we know that you are always with us. Even as we feel like we are drowning in the rage, the confusion, the controversies, and the suffering and pain, we know you continue to walk alongside us. Even as we feel like we are surrendering so many things every day in order to help keep ourselves and others safe and healthy, you never leave. Even when everything about this season of anticipation seems to be stripped away, we know that you and your love and grace can never be stripped away. We ask for your help, O God. We ask for healing for the sick, and we ask for strength to help us through this strange season of life we are in. Now may the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning once again to you all. Today is the second Sunday of Advent, this special season of anticipation of the birth of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the long-awaited Messiah who comes as a baby, not some warrior king ready to take back the land and the temple. Typically, this time of year is not just a busy one, but also one that many find great joy in. There are parties, decorations to put up, gifts to buy, wonderful meals to eat, and beautiful lights that shine in the eyes of the young and old. Unfortunately, this is anything but a typical year. This year started with a volcano eruption in the Philippines, forcing over 135,000 people into shelters. An earthquake in Turkey that killed 41 and injured another 1,600. Deadly brush fires in Australia that took the lives of at least 33 people and an estimated 1 billion native animals. And then flooding in Indonesia that took at least 83 lives. And all of that was just in January. Not long after we became aware of a deadly virus that has grown into a global pandemic and completely changed the lives of almost everyone in the known world. I believe it is important to name and acknowledge the realities of our world right now, the suffering and the celebrations. We do not need to pretend that everything is okay. There is healing in naming pain and suffering. So today we will be continuing in our Advent Sermon series, Stripped Away What is Left. It is my hope that through this series we can gain some perspective and connection back to Scripture 
as well as maybe be reminded of some of the truths about the God we claim a faith in and that faith itself. Last week, we talked about the loss of community and how the community of being children of God will always keep us connected. Today, we are going to be focusing on our earlier scripture passage from the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Let us go back to that passage and see what we find there that is being stripped away in the words of the great Old Testament prophet. In verse 7, we seem to find the answer to our question. The grass withers, the flower fades, then the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. So we are all grass, and the grass withers and is blown away. I have to admit that doesn't sound very comforting to me. I mean, this is written during the time when the people had been in exile for some 150 years, and things had been pretty rough all around for them. Many people had died. Many people were taken away from their families and, in many cases, probably never saw them again uh, when you're talking about a 150-year time period. It was not a time of joy for God's people, and there's a part of me that feels like being compared to withering blades of grass in the midst of this exile and everything they were experiencing is kind of like rubbing salt in the wound. And what about today right now in our world? After community, or the sense of community as we tend to define it, what else has been stripped away? Well, I think an obvious thing would be something that actually mirrors our scripture reading, and that is health and life. So far around the world, there have been just under one and a half million deaths from this pandemic. One and a half million lives lost around the world. To give you some perspective, that is the upper estimated number of people who were massacred and died during the Armenian genocide by the Turks of the Ottoman Empire in 1915 during World War I. In the United States, we have lost almost 280,000 lives during this pandemic. For some perspective on that number, there were an estimated 291,557 U.S. combat deaths during World War II, which lasted from 1941 to 1945. It took around five years to reach that number of combat deaths and less than a year for this pandemic to almost match it. Here in Michigan, we have lost just short of 10,000 lives during the pandemic. 10,000 fellow Michiganders, youpers and trolls alike, Spartans and Wolverines. Did you know that that number, that 10,000, is more than three times the number of people who died in the 9-11 terrorist attacks? More than three times the amount. And that's just here in Michigan. In Washtenaw County, home to Stony Creek United Methodist Church, there have been almost 150 deaths. And here in Lenaway County, home to our very own Clinton United Methodist Church, there have been just short of some 30 deaths. Now those numbers might not sound quite as bad, but most of us probably know somewhere between 30 and 150 people, whether close friends and family or acquaintances that we have been around more than just once or twice. Through this pandemic, I think we have definitely seen the grass wither as so many lives have been lost and so many 
who have recovered but are still experiencing serious and painful side effects of the virus. While this pandemic has not necessarily set records and total deaths outright, it is by far and away more than any other death toll in recent years or memory. 1.5 million people have died. But, like practically all of scripture, there is still hope and good news in the words of Isaiah. Even with grass withering away, there is still something left. Now, it is important to remember that the heading for this passage is God's people are comforted. And verse 8 definitely offers some comfort to those people during that time in the history of God's people. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And as we go further on, we read, Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and he, his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother's sheep. And here is the almost funny thing about this part of this passage that I just previously compared to rubbing salt in the wound in verse 7. Verse 6 actually says, What shall I cry? All people are grass. And while that still may not sound so great, the key word here is all. Not just some of the people are like grass, but all people are like grass. This passage actually offers some hope for the weak and the downtrodden, the oppressed and the poor. All people are grass. It doesn't matter how much money or status you have. It doesn't matter what kind of privilege you may carry. We are all in the same boat here, people. We are all grass. We are all subject to the same ultimate ending. So for all those people in exile and all those people who are left behind, who are trying to find meaning in their existence, they are all just as worthy of God's love and grace as any other. But what about now? After we have had our health, and in, many, in too many cases, the lives of so many people stripped away, what are we left with? What do we find here still with us after losing so much already? Well, I would argue that we are left with not just the word of God, which I hate even saying it that way because it's the word of God, not just the word of God. But we are left with not only that, as Isaiah tells us, but we are also left with what the word of God gives us. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 reminds us, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul shares that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all consolation, who consoles us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to console those who are in any affliction, with the consolation with which we ourselves are consoled by God. Joshua chapter 21 verse 45 points out that not one of all the good promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 offer that in him you also, when you had heard the truth, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. And maybe most importantly, above all else, are the words we find in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of God gives us promise. The word of God gives us comfort. The word of God gives us strength. And most importantly, there's no maybes here, but most importantly, the word of God gives us grace and love. The word of God gives us the good news of Jesus Christ through who the world is saved, who gave his life that we could be saved and escape the pain of eternal death and suffering. It's not too bad of a thing to be left with, when everything else has been stripped away, is it? I mean, while I believe that the word of God has no limits in what it can do, I'm not sure we should just sit back and wait for it to remove this blight of this virus from the world. I believe that instead we should find inspiration, reassurance, and strength to continue fighting and living all from the word of God. Just like in our calling from God to be the body of Christ in the world and to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, we need to be active and draw from the word of God the things we need so that we do not give up. And yes, I am fully aware of the irony of some of my words talking about being active and in the midst of this global pandemic where in truth we need to be somewhat less active, at least socially and in person. But one of the greatest messages that we can find in scripture is the promise of love, mercy, grace, and salvation through the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. The good news offers us hope and love and promise, greatest promise. I can't speak for everyone else, but the good news brings me so much joy and excitement that I just have to tell somebody else about it. No matter how bad things get, no matter how down or depressed I may find myself, the good news always, always, always helps me to feel at least a little bit better, if not a whole lot better. So as we continue through this strange year, and it has been a doozy, through this season of anticipation that we call Advent, that is... Unlike any we have been through to this point, I pray that you do not give up and that you do not give in. Take the word of God. Hold it in your heart. Let it light up the darkness that you find yourself in. And remember the promises of God. God loves you. It doesn't matter what the world may think of you. God loves you. It doesn't matter what you may think of you. God loves you. God loves you unconditionally and always. 
and no one else can take that away or change that. Amen. If you would turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals or if uh, or the handout for Holy Communion as we prepare to celebrate this wonderful sacrament given to us by God. And hopefully you have brought your own Jesus or received um, some prepackaged Jesus um, as well. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenants be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send away empty. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on the cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in, in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living, living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. <coughs> by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. And what that means is that, well, normally we'd have a table with the elements set um, that I would be standing behind. And that table that holds those elements, that doesn't belong to me or to this church or to our denomination. It belongs to Jesus and Jesus alone, and he's welcomed everybody to come. You don't need to be a member of this church or our denomination as a Methodist or any other denomination. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your mental or physical ability, your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, baptized or unbaptized. All you need to do in order to join in this time of sacrament is to have an open heart. Now, if you have children with you, it is at your discretion as parents. Uh, if you would like your children to have the elements with you, um, United Methodist Church, we do offer that to our children at the discretion of their parents. But I invite you now to take your elements and you can choose intinction, which is a big word that means you dip your bread or crackers or wafer, whatever you have in your juice or, again, whatever you have with you. Um, God will, will make it all work. Um, and you can take them together, or you can take your bread first and then drink your juice. So I invite you now, as we come together as a body of Christ, to receive the elements and join us in this sacrament. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now if you would join me in our closing hymn, number 614 in your hymnal, For the Bread Which You Have Broken. For the bread which Now we give 
Beloved children of God, the day of the Lord is coming. Therefore, strive to live in peace, for God's salvation is near. May faithfulness spring up from the ground and righteousness look down from heaven as you walk in the way of peace. And may the blessing of God, eternal majesty, living word, and holy comforter be with you now and always. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.